Chilling. Truth. And that's what I decided I'm going to murder my mother. I didn't feel that I had to face what I had done ever. He killed 33 times. I'm a king, man. I decide who does what and where they do it at. Um, so first off, I want to apologize to the listeners because we did not have an episode last week because of the Labor Day weekend and such. We had things going on, um, and I think that was really the only reason why we didn't do anything last week was because we just didn't really have time. Yeah, I was out of town. What did you do for Labor Day? Uh, I went to see my mom, and that was that was nice. We had some really good pizza. It was fun. Nice. And you went to San Diego. Uh, yeah, San Diego. Uh, I believe the, that's uh, Spanish the, uh, for a whale's vagina. It's uh, Spanish for the Diego, is what I've uh, heard. <laughs> the, the, the Diego. <laughs> the Diego is where I went this weekend. Uh, El San Diego is where I went. Did you ever see Elk Cold? Yeah, of course. Um, when Not in a very long time. He meets the Swiss chick, the black dude in the movie, the only black guy in the movie, and he's like, Welcome to the Matador, Spanish for, or he says, "Welcome to El Matador," Spanish for the Matador. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. No, I think it's not. the bull, though. Yeah, it's it's, it's well, bull. it's bullfighter. Yeah, the Matador. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So today, I'm actually really excited because we get to make fun of Hitler today, and we get to make fun of a bunch of fucking Nazis because Nazis fucking suck, and the fact that they're still around is insane to me. But. Uh, Let's hope they never get to this point again, because that would be, um, if you thought the SS was bad, and you thought the Gestapo was bad, you're really going to think the Einsatzgruppen is bad, because right. they are a whole new level of terrible fucking people that were in the Nazi party. But I haven't intro the show yet, I should do that first, so people know what they're listening to, because uh, it doesn't tell them on their phones as they're listening. Right, right. So we should intro. We yeah. Should. So welcome to The Chilling Truth. Everybody, I am Corey, and we got Johnny here wearing a button-up. Hello. You look very fancy, very nice. Thank you. Work clothes. Yeah, well, you know, it's. I even, you know, I still do like the top button, like all the way up, like cholo stuff. Are you wearing? Are you wearing pants though? Because you you're working from home, so do you just do the top part of yourself? <laughs> well, I you... well I started this morning uh, in the classroom, so I have pants on. Yes. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad that you have pants on. It's good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yes. No problem. Yeah, but Germans. Speaking of, interestingly, uh, while yeah. I was in San Diego, I, I went to get some more work done on my leg, but I got the Red Baron um, nice. added to my leg, which was a German plane. Yeah, World War Two. yeah? Yeah, am I boring <laughs> that you? That was a yawn. I don't know why I kept talking. I should have waited. Yeah, it's okay. I thought I was boring you. Yeah, World War Two. Uh, yeah, my whole leg is like a, like a, you know, a, uh, and it's basically a navy leg with some like military other like military stuff. My grandfather and his brother were uh, in World War II, and I got some like para para parachute uh, paratroopers, and then I got like the um, the Red Baron. Got an anchor, you know, the traditional anchor. A uh, turtle as well. There's a turtle down there too. Uh, the shell back. Yes, I got a shell yep. back. There uh, is a turtle because I am a shell back indeed. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how my grandfather's going to take the German plane on my leg. He's just going to see it and just start having flashbacks and go grab his fucking gun. Well, you know, 
Because his brother was shot down in World War II. He never made it back. But I thought he'd be upset about the rising sun on my shoulder. Uh, but he's actually, he's been seeing this Japanese woman from that era for quite some time now, like last few years. That's very, so. Well, I guess, I don't think it was as like, I mean, I know it was a bad war, but it was not like, I don't think it was like Vietnam level. Of, like, no, PTSD but like the, the, the timing, you know, like uh, Pearl Harbor was December of 41. He joined the Navy January of 42, like a month later. Right. So Yeah, damn. Yeah, right in the thick of it. Yeah, but I don't think he takes it too personally. Um, well, that's good, yeah. at least. And he served his country well, but he doesn't have any animosity towards any group of peoples. So, good dude. I do want to preface this episode that there is a lot of German words that I don't know how to say. That's all right. They're going to be fun to try. Yeah. Like, I know how to say Einsatzgruppen, because I've watched several documentaries on it. Einsatzgruppen. Uh, I, Einsatzgruppen. Yep. It's very hard to spell until you do it a bunch of times and then you're like oh yeah there is a fucking z in there which is not normal for the english language no but you know sounds the same in german as it does in english i believe yeah i mean it could have been an s but it's fine it looks cooler with a z i'll say that right so the einsatzgruppen were ss paramilitary death squads of nazi germany that were responsible for mass killings primarily by shooting during world war ii which was 1939 to 1945 in German-occupied Europe. Now, SS is Schutz, Schutzstaffel? Schutzstaffel? Is that right? Is that how you say that? I'm going to say it that way. Schutzstaffel. Schutzstaffel? I don't fucking... If any German listeners are out there, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of your culture. I genuinely just don't know how to say it. So, uh, the Einsatzgruppen had an integral role in the implementation of the so-called final solution to the Jewish question. Uh, if you guys don't know what that is, that was... Essentially, Hitler wanted to wipe out every Jewish person. Person, it, it, he just wanted to genocide all of them, and he definitely he tried to. Uh, but this was in territories conquered by Nazi Germany, or he wanted the final solution to be done in territories conquered by Nazi Germany. And they were also involved in the murder of much of the intelligentsia and cultural elite of Poland. Uh, because if you guys don't know, the first, well, they say that the first country the Nazis occupied is actually Germany. Because Hitler rose to power and became chancellor and then essentially was like, we're going to do everything my way. Fuck everybody else. If you don't agree, I'm going to get my dudes to pop you in the fucking head. Right, and right. That's exactly what he did. And then after the second country was, that was Poland. <clears throat> So under the direction of Reichs, oh, damn it! I wanted to get it right the first time, but I fucked it. Reichsführer SS Heinrich Himmler and the supervision of oh man, this is a good one. SS Obersgruppenführer. Obersgruppenführer. There you go. Obersgruppenführer Reinhard Heinrich. The Einsatzgruppen operated in territories occupied by the Wehrmacht, which is the German Armed Forces. Following the invasion of Poland in September 1939, which actually that just passed nine days ago. They uh, invaded Poland September 1st. I don't know. I always think I thought it was 1931. It's 1939. I've been saying 1931. I sound like a fucking idiot now. No, no. It was, it was late 30s. Yeah. <clears throat> 
But uh, and uh, so they, the invasion of Poland in September 1939 and the invasion of the Soviet Union in June 1941, the Einsatzgruppen worked hand in hand with the Order Police Battalions on the Eastern Front to carry out operations ranging from the murder of a few people to operations which lasted over two or more days, such as the massacre at Bobby Yar. The Bobby Yar was a ravine in the Ukraine capital Kiev. Uh, here, the Einsatzgruppen killed approximately 33,771 Jews on September 28th through September 30th. Just two days. It's insane. 33,000, almost 34,000 people. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. It's, I mean, as shitty as that is, it's it, it, quite a feat. Uh, well, the Germans not, are no stranger not, not to... Not to glorify it, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're High no stranger to fucking... Uh, they're very efficient, I guess you could say. Uh, but it was constant firing squads. Like they basically didn't stop firing and killing for the whole two, uh, to the two days. And the Rubula, the Rumbula massacre. This was a collective term for two incidents on November thirtieth and December eighth, nineteen forty-one, where over twenty-five thousand Jews were killed on their way to the Rum Rumbula forest. The Rumbula massacre was second to only the Babi Yar massacre until, of course, the death camps started. <coughs> so now that you have a little bit of background on the the, what the Einsatzgruppen was set out to do. Let's go back to the beginning and talk a little bit about the invasion of Poland because that's really... Yes, the Nazis took over Germany technically. That was the first country they invaded, but the invasion of Poland was a whole different ballgame. Uh, so in response to Adolf Hitler's plan to invade Poland on September 1st, 1939, Heinrich reformed the Einsatzgruppen to travel in the wake of German armies, basically as a, quote, cleanup crew. Membership of the Einsatzgruppen was drawn from the SS, the security service, the police, and the Gestapo. Heinrich placed SS Obergruppenführer Werner Best in command, who assigns Hans Joachim. Fuck, I don't know. What, is, what does that look like? It looks like jo Joachim? Joachim? Yeah, dude. It's I don't know how to say it with a, with a German accent. Jo 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 Joachim? Jo Hans Joachim Tesmer. Uh, I don't understand. I don't know. See, I'm Hans not sure. Joachim. That sounds Spanish. I know. Hans Joachim Tesmer. That sounds a little better, I guess. Tesmer. <laughs> Tesmer. Yeah, Hans Joachim Tesmer. Uh, he was uh, in command to choose personnel for the task forces and their subgroups called Einsatzkommandos. From among educated people with military experience and a strong ideological commitment to Nazism, obviously that would be step one. Basically, if you, th I guess to put it in terms that we Americans can understand, the Einsatzgruppen were, if the special forces were death squads, they wanted the best of the best to be in the Einsatzgruppen. And they wanted their leaders to be smart and their soldiers mm, to essentially be followers dumb little followers this allows for the leaders to talk to other leaders eloquently and make these death squads seem legit and not just a group of murderous psychopaths which is exactly what they fucking were so initially numbering 2700 men and ultimately 4250 in poland the einsatzgruppen mission the einsatzgruppen's mission was to kill members of the polish leadership most clearly identified with polish national identity the intelligentsia members of the clergy, teachers, and members of the nobility, as stated by Hitler, there must be no Polish leaders where Polish leaders exist, they must be killed, however harsh that sounds. 
Which, oddly enough, him saying however harsh that sounds kind of makes it sound like he had some sort of empathy. Uh, and at, le at the very least, some self-awareness of what he was doing was not going to... I think it was it was less empathy and more like, don't get mad at me for doing this kind of thing. Like, he didn't want to seem like the ultimate bad guy, which is ultimately what he became. Right. So the Einsatzgruppen performed these murders uh, with the support of the Volksdeutscher Selsbeschultz, a paramilitary group consisting of ethnic Germans living in Poland. Though they were formerly under the command of the army, the Einsatzgruppen received their orders from Heinrich and, for the most part, acted independently of the army. Many senior German army officials were more than happy to leave these genocidal actions to the task forces as the killings violated the rules of warfare as set down in the Geneva Conventions. You know what else violated the Geneva Conventions? Pretty much every fucking thing the Germans did. Yeah. I feel like the but, U.S. is, and I'm not glorifying the U.S.'s <laughs> tactics, but for the most part, I feel like any war we're involved in, we are the only ones that follow the Geneva Convention. As far as like that we know prisoners of. of war and how they're treated once they're captured. Right, Aside well, I mean, from Gitmo. Well, Abu Ghraib as well. Well, okay. We did an episode on that way, 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 way back, and that shit was that was rough. Um, but we see that's the thing is, it's 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 really scary because reading through the script, I can see similarities between what we're looking at happening in America right now versus what we're talking about. Not, I mean, not as far as the murders go, but as far as like the, I guess, the normalcy of it all. Because the Einsatzgruppen performed the murders in support of the Volksdeutscher Selbstschutz, which is a paramilitary group. How many fucking cops are out there right now having backup from paramilitary groups in the U.S.? It just happened, what, last week? Week before that? Right. When that kid shot, uh, shot those two people, and the cops were like, oh, here, man, here's some water, go on home, kind of thing. So it's just, it's really scary to look at it in that. In that aspect. So if you're not registered to vote, please register to vote and go vote on November 3rd. Uh, but of course the Nazi leaders are fucking spineless. And uh, they're willing to let anyone else do the dirty work because they don't want to get in trouble. Which is essentially uh, the U.S. government as well. However, Hitler had decreed that the army would have to tolerate and even offer logistical support to the Einsatzgruppen when it was tactically possible to do so. And even though the army generals were against it... The Einsatzgruppen were not only one, the ones killing civilians in their own cities. I'm sorry. The Einsatzgruppen were not the only ones killing civilians in their own cities. Members of the SS, the Wehrmacht, and the... Oh, fucking goddammit, these words. Just, they just look like a jumble of letters, man. They're so hard the to read. Ordnungspolizei. I think it's Polizei, because it's police. I know that, but... Yeah. Ordnungspolizei? Ah, fuck so, it. Like mil military police? Like a German military police or Polish military police or something. But they also shot civilians during the Polish campaign. Approximately 65,000 civilians were killed by the end of 1939. In addition to leaders of Polish society, they killed Jews, prostitutes, Romani people, and the mentally ill. Psychiatric patients in Poland were initially killed by shooting... But by the spring of 1941, gas vans were widely used because, as we said earlier, the Germans were, if nothing else, efficient. 
So let's get into the actual killings that the Einsatzgruppen carried out. We touched on it a bit, uh, but now we're going to go into the graphic detail of it all. After the invasion of the Soviet Union on June 22, 1941, the Einsatzgruppen main assignment was to kill civilians, as in Poland, but this time its targets specifically included Soviet Communist Party commissars and Jews. In a letter dated July, 20, July 2, 1941, Heinrich communicated to his SS and police leaders that the Einsatzgruppen were to execute all senior and middle-ranking Comintern officials. Open-ended instructions were given to execute, quote, other radical elements, you know, saboteurs, propagandists, snipers, assassins, agitators, etc. On June 8th, Heinrich announced that all Jews were to be regarded as partisans and gave the order for all male Jews between ages of 15 and 45 to be shot basically killing anyone who could potentially fight back against these fuckers. On July 17th, Heinrich ordered the Einsatzgruppen were to kill all Jewish Red Army prisoners of war, plus all Red Army prisoners of war from Georgia and Central Asia, as they, are, they too might be Jews. So they're literally killing them because they possibly could be Jewish. That's fucking insane. Yeah, not taking any chances here, the Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Not taking any fucking chances, not giving anybody the benefit of the doubt. So all four main Einsatzgruppen took part in mass shootings from the early days of the war. Initially, the targets were adult Jewish men, but by August, the net had been widened to include women, children, and the elderly, the entire Jewish population, in other words. Initially, there was a semblance of legality given to the shootings, with trumped-up charges being read out, arson, sabotage, black marketeering, or refusal to work, for example. Uh, and victims uh, were then killed by a firing squad. So at first, they're trying to legitimize their mass killings that they're carrying out. But by the end of it, they're just like, we're going to go in the woods and we're going to fucking kill you. Because we've been doing it this long and no one's given a shit, so why would we keep wasting our time? But as this method proved too slow, the Einsatzkommandos began to take their victims out in larger groups and shot them next to or even inside mass graves that had been prepared. Sometimes the firing squads even had the Jews they were getting ready to kill dig the mass graves, and then they put them in there, and then they shot them. Other times they had civilians from the city dig them. Some Einsatzkommandos started to use automatic weapons with survivors being killed with a pistol shot. They'd open fire, and some victims would be struck in the arm or the leg, not fatally shot. They'd be screaming and screaming until, of course, the pistols came around. And then if you were on the very bottom, as if you, as in if you were one of the first ones shot uh, and you didn't die, you would just be buried under a pile of corpses until you suffocated, essentially. Damn, dude, that's rough. So it's not good stuff. So all you fuckers out there who think it's cool to wear a swastika, this is the kind of shit that, that, that you're supporting. Yeah, and also, dude. if you're, you think it's cool to wear a swastika, turn this off. We don't want your fucking... Don't, you don't deserve to listen to us. Just fucking get out of here. We don't want your support. So as word of the massacres got out, many Jews fled. In Ukraine, 70 to 90% of the Jews ran away, which, I mean, that's good. That's great. That's a high, a very high percentage. A situation report from Einsatz Group C in September 1941 noted that not all Jews were members of the Bolshevist apparatus and suggested that the total elimination of Jewry would have a negative impact on the economy and the food supply. The Nazis began to round their victims up into concentration camps and ghettos and rural districts were for the most part rendered 
free of Jews. Judenfrei. Judenfrei is the German word for it. So it's just so sad that it all comes down to logistical bullshit, bureaucratic bullshit. You know, killing them all is bad for the economy, so let's round them up and keep them working for us. It's just, right. man, money really does make the world a better place. Well, it's free labor, too. Yeah, well, I mean, America does that as well with the prison system, but we're not going to jump into that. So now it's about to get very, very bad. Uh, the largest mass shooting perpetrated by the Einsatzgruppen took place on September 29th and 30th, 1941, at, you guessed it, Bobby Yar, a ravine northwest of Kiev, a city in Ukraine that had fallen to Germans on September 19th. This is the one that we mentioned at the very top of the episode. Well, the perpetrators included a company of Waffen-SS attached to Einsatzgruppe C under Rash, members of Sonderkommando 4A under SS Obergruppenführer Friedrich Jeklin. Yek- Dude, your Yek- German Yek- accent is on fucking point. Why'd you let me read all this? Bad <laughs> I'm getting lucky. Why didn't you correct me? And some you have U- all the easy ones. <laughs> and some Ukrainian auxiliary police. Um, the Jews of Kiev were told to report to a certain street corner on September 29th. Anyone who disobeyed would have been shot. Uh, since word of massacres in other areas had not yet reached Kiev and the assembly point was near the train station, they assumed they were being deported. People showed up at the rendezvous point in large numbers, laden with possessions and food for the journey. After How being marked, sad, dude. It's so yeah, sad. Oh, they, they, walked they brought in, all their shit. Had no idea what they were walking into. Oh my god! After being marched two miles northwest of the city center, the victims encountered a barbed wire barrier and numerous Ukrainian police and German troops. 30 to 40 people at a time were told to leave their possessions and were escorted through a narrow passageway lined with soldiers brandishing clubs. Anyone who tried to escape was beaten. Soon the victims reached an open area where they were forced to strip and then were handed down into the ravine or herded down into the ravine. Uh, People were forced to lie down in rows on top of the bodies of other victims and they were shot in the back of the head or the neck by members of the execution squads. The murders continued for two days, uh, claimed a total of 33,771 victims, um, which is a huge number uh, for any it's amount of It's a massive days, but, number. Think about 33,000 33, people in one, in one area is a, it's a, lot of, it's a lot of people. Right. And everybody's freaking out about the COVID numbers. <laughs> it's like, dude, <laughs> right. this rate is it's astronomical like At least we weren't fast. shot in the fucking head. <laughs> so sand was shoveled and bulldozed over the bodies, and the sides of the ravine were dynamited to bring down more material. Uh, Anton Heidborn, a member of Sonderkommando 4A, later testified that three days later, uh, there were still people alive among the corpses. Heidborn spent the next few days helping smooth out the millions of banknotes taken from the victim's possessions. The clothes, uh, clothes were taken away, destined to be reused by German citizens, uh, and Yekeln's troops shot more than 100,000 Jews by the end of October. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know, but uh, obviously doing research in the Einsatzgruppen it naturally leads into doing research on the Holocaust as well, and I was watching documentaries and you know, reading a lot of articles and stuff, and I never knew this, but when they would go into the quote-unquote showers, the gas chambers uh, at 
at Auschwitz at the very I know what happened at Auschwitz. I don't know if they did it everywhere, but they had hooks outside where they tell you, you know, take your clothes off. We're going to let you take a shower since you just got here. And, you know, they take their clothes off. They hang them on the hooks. They go in there. They fucking, you know, they turn the gas on. You know, they kill them. And the same thing there. All the clothes were taken and handed out to Jewish citizens that were affected by the war, which is ironic because the Germans caused it all. And then they give them the clothes and they're like, okay, guess we're, you know, we're even now. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's it's interesting that they did it here, and they also and and they fucking robbed them essentially <laughs> their fucking money, which is man, it just you you can't make the fucking Nazis more evil no. if, if you fucking want yeah, to. Their, their you can't make up shit. Their behavior on the world was unacceptable. It's, is 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 an incredible putting it lightly. Yeah, it's rough. It's terrible shit. So the Einsatzgruppen did not stop there, though. They then moved on to the Baltic states. Einsatzgruppe A operated in the formerly Soviet-occupied Baltic, Baltic states of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. According to its own reports to Himmler, uh, Einsatzgruppe A killed almost 140,000 people in the five months following the invasion. 136,421 Jews... 1,064 communists, 653 people with mental illnesses, 56 partisans, 54 Poles, uh, which I'm assuming 44 Polish. 44 Polish people, five Romani, yeah. and one uh, Armenian were to be reported killed between 22nd of June and the 25th of November uh, in 1941. How can you just, it's wild, man. I don't see how people can be like, yeah, Hitler fucking is fucking cool, man. I want to be a fucking Nazi. Because they don't know. Anybody that approves of that doesn't know. Yeah, just They've never read a fucking book. A red band with a swastika on it. I I get it. Aesthetically, it looks neat. The Germans were a neat people as far as their clothes go. I mean, fucking. Yeah, we're not talking about the Germans. We're talking about the Nazis, okay? The Nazis took over Germany first, okay? It wasn't all Germans are evil, you know? No, 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 no way. All Nazis are evil, yes, but not all Germans, no. But, uh, so upon entering, uh, Kaunas, I believe that's how you say it, Kaunas? Kaunas, yeah, sounds right, Lithuania. Yeah, uh, Lithuania, on the 25th of June 1941, the Group released the criminals from the local jail and encouraged them to join the program, which was underway. Between the 23rd... Pogrom. Oh, I, t- I totally skimmed over it. The Okay. Okay, so the criminals from the local jail, and uh, they released them, the inmates, and then encouraged them to join the, po- uh, the pogrom, which is, uh, you said the beating? Yeah, it's it's an organized massacre of a, potent, a particular ethnic group. It was like a uh, militia. Which, yeah, but okay. the pogrom is the act of it, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then 4,000 Jews were killed on the streets of Kaunas in Lithuania and in nearby open pits and ditches. Um, if you guys don't know what a, pro- a pogrom is, we just, yeah, just discussed it because part, I didn't. Just, yeah. uh, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't either. Until I had to look up the definition of it, actually. Yeah, so... Uh, particularly active in Lithuania, the uh, this pogrom was the so-called death dealer of uh, Kalanis. Ka- Which I'm not gonna lie, it sounds fucking cool. It sounds fucking rad. Death but it's dealer not. sounds like a cool title. Yes, I'll give it, it that. sounds cool to have that name, but when you realize it was right. this, it's a lot less cool. It's a cool gamer tag. 
for Call of Duty. Yeah. Yeah, well... Not if you're really killing a bunch of people in real life. Well, the Death Dealer is a young man who murdered Jews with a crowbar at the uh, Leitukas garage before a large crowd that cheered each killing uh, with much applause. He occasionally paused to play the Lithuanian National Anthem, which is just seems like a fucking barbaric scene to Dude, imagine. Dude, it's... Oh, they're just so ruthless, man, and it's so sad because... I can honestly see some redneck prick in an American flag track pants and a tank top beating a person of color, stopping to play the national anthem, and then just a bunch of fucking oh yeah right wingers cheering him on. Some Trump flags, some Trump train pants. flags in the background. It's disgusting, is what it is. So as Einsatz Group A advanced into Lithuania, it actively recruited local nationalist and anti-Semitic groups. In July of 1941, members of the Baltaraiskai movement joined the joined the massacres. Uh, a pogrom in uh, Riga in early July killed 400 Jews. Uh, Latvian nationalist Viktor's Araj and his supporters undertook a campaign of arson against synagogues. Uh, local officials, the Selbstschutz and the Hilf the uh, the police the auxiliary police Hilf police yeah the auxiliary police they played yeah, a key yeah. role in rounding up and massacring Jewish Lithuanians Latvians and Estonians these groups helped the Einsatzgruppen and other killing units to quickly identify uh, members of the Jewish community uh, can you imagine being like killing so many people that you need to hire contractors to fucking help you do it I can't imagine killing one person. Yeah, and much less fucking 140,000. Yeah. In a fucking five months. Dude, that's literally what the coronavirus has done, and this is fucking people that did it. Right. With the creation of units such as the Araj Commando and the Roll Commando, uh, Haman in Lithuania, the attacks changed from the spontaneous mob violence of the pogroms to more systematic massacres. With extensive local help, uh, Einsatzgruppe A was the first Einsatzgruppe to attempt to systematically exterminate all the Jews in its area. Uh, but now on to the next worst massacre, which would be Rumbula. In mm. November of 1941, Himmler was dissatisfied with the pace of the exterminations in Latvia, uh, and he, attended, uh, he intended to move Jews from Germany into the area. He assigned SS Obergruppenfuhrer Jekyllen, or Jekyllen, uh, one of the perpetrators of the Bobby Yar ma massacre to liquidate the Riga ghetto. Uh, their words, not mine. Uh, the yeah, yeah, well, this guy he selected a site about six miles southeast of Riga near the Rumbula railway station and had three hundred Russian prisoners of war prepare the site by digging pits in which to bury the victims. And around fifteen hundred able-bodied Jews would be spared execution so their slave labor could be exploited. A thousand, a thousand men were relocated to a fenced-off area within the ghetto, and 500 women were temporarily housed in a prison and later moved to a separate nearby ghetto where they were put to work mending uniforms. Although Rumbula was on the rail line, Jake Helm decided that the victims should travel on foot from Riga to the execution ground. So they walked them. I mean, it's like the trail of a thousand tears yeah, over here. Yeah, like they give a <clears throat> fuck about their being in pain anyway. Dude. Right. So trucks and buses were arranged to carry children and the elderly. 
Uh, the victims were told that they were being relocated and were advised to bring up to 44 pounds of possessions. Um, the first days of executions, 30, the 30th of November of 41, began with the perpetrators rousing and assembling the victims at 4 o'clock in the morning. The victims were moved in columns of 1,000 people toward the execution ground. As they walked, some SS men went up and down the line shooting people who could not keep up the pace or who tried to run away or rest, uh, which had to be a dead giveaway that they're not just being relocated. Right. I mean, if you're being relocated, they're not just going to walk up and down the line and fucking shoot people. Yeah, no, this is not sandals. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when... we're not fucking going to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Fucking... It's not going to be a good time for everybody. Hot, hot, hot. It's probably not an appropriate time to make a... No, I wouldn't say... So when the columns... Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. If you know, you know. When the columns near the prepared (laughs) execution site, the victims were driven some 270 meters, which is equivalent to about 300 yards from the road into the forest, where any possessions that had not yet been abandoned were seized. Uh, Here, the victims were split into groups of 50 and taken deeper into the forest near the pits where they were ordered to strip... The victims were driven into the prepared trenches, made to lie down and shot in the head or the back of the neck by members of Jekyll's bodyguard. Uh, around 13,000 Jews from Riga were killed at the pits that day, along with 1,000 Jews from Berlin who had just arrived by train. On the second day of the operation, uh, which was the 8th of December of 41, the remaining 10,000 Jews of Riga were killed in the same exact way. About a thousand were killed on the streets of the uh, of the city or on the way to the site, bringing the total deaths for the two day extermination to twenty five thousand people. For his part in organizing the massacre, Jekyll was promoted to leader of the SS Upper Section, uh, Ostland. Not- Again, just more fucking bureaucratic political bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's. You know, I mean, the military in in, in the U.S. is similar. You got to step on a few necks to make rank. Yeah, and I mean, technically, according to his higher ups, he was doing a very, very good job. Yeah, he was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. So, not too long after this, the Einsatzgruppen started transitioning to gassing instead of mass shootings, which we are all familiar with, as far as the Mm. um, yes massacres. These are like mobile gas chambers, right? They're vans, basically. Himmler realized the shooting, uh, shootings were inefficient and costly, but, uh, both financially uh, to uh, basically them and to the soldiers. I mean, they were having to, you know, man man these these parts as well as providing ammunition, weaponry. I mean, it, get, it got expensive. At one and point, also, as we as we talked about in the unit seven thirty one, yes, all of these people are giant pieces of shit, but. There's no way that out of every single fucking Nazi that has ever existed, every single one of them was fully on board with all of them. No, this. there were a, a handfuls, thousands of, of 18 to 25-year-old yeah. Nazi soldiers that were probably in tears, brainwashed, just broken. Well, that's why that's why Himmler stopped the shootings because he was like, my soldiers are fucking drinking constantly. They're, they can't fucking do anything because their brains are fucked now. And, and it's... It's just that it's either it's base it's survival for the for the for the these Nazis who don't want to do it it's survival because it's either I do this because I'm somehow on the right side of the tracks right. or 
I refuse, and I'm fucking laying there dead. And I don't get guys. to see my family anymore. So Right. It's <clears> just <throat> as shitty as it is, and as much as it sucks, they just they they were on the right side along. of the tracks. And you know, young soldiers are easy to manipulate. So you know Very easily. If you want to go hear about that, go listen to our unit seven thirty one. The way of the world uh, Rape of Nanking episode. Right. So, uh, at first, only women and children were gassed. They started getting native men to the area to do the shooting because who cares about their mental health? But due to the time right, constraints, were, yeah, due to the time constraints, uh, uh, they were going to skip ahead to the Einsatzgruppen tri- uh, trials. Uh, no, we're because, going to skip ahead. Oh, did I read that wrong? Yeah. Oh, but due to time that. constraints, because I have uh, an engagement in about 10 minutes that I need to Ooh, get yes. To. You want me to read this part? Uh, no, I can get it. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, we're pretty uh, much done. This we is are it. going to skip ahead to the Einsatzgruppen trials. So after the close of uh, World War II, 24 senior leaders of the Einsatzgruppen were prosecuted in the Einsatzgruppen trial in 1947 and 1948, part of the subsequent Nuremberg trials held under United States military authority. The men were charged with crimes against humanity, war crimes, and membership in the SS, which had been declared a criminal organization. 14 yeah. death sentences and two life sentences were among the judgments. Only four executions were carried out, uh, and that was on the 7th of June, 1951. The rest were reduced to lesser sentences. Four additional Einsatzgruppe leaders were later tried and executed by other nations. Uh, most of the perpetrators of Nazi war crimes were never charged and returned unremarked to civilian life. The West German Central Prosecution Office of Nazi War Criminals only charged about 100 former Einsatzgruppe members with war crimes. And as time went on, oh yeah, as time went on, it became more difficult to obtain prosecutions. Uh, Witnesses grew older, were less likely to be able to offer valuable testimony, Uh, funding for trials was inadequate, and the governments of Austria and Germany became less interested in obtaining convictions for uh, wartime events. Uh, preferring to uh, forget the Nazi past. So. Sweep it under the rug, dude. Who cares anymore? That was like two years ago. Just, get, just right. forget about it. No, it's fucked, dude. It's fucked up. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, please go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, we appreciate that as well. And we will be back. We got some alien stuff coming up. I'm having a hard time finding it because I feel like I'm going to have to get a fucking book or something. I've been buying a bunch of books lately. Uh, just ordered a book on BTK. So that'll be coming up pretty soon. And uh, yeah, we will catch you guys on the flippy flip. Later. Later. <laughs>